beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. All right, everybody, welcome back to the pod. My name is Robert. I'm Sam. And I'm Trey. And we are the three black men. Hey, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we are going to cut up. Um, Always. Always. And at all times, and, and forever, just and, like and just like is God good? Are we gonna act silly? Yes, but we are in person, so there might be some extra cutting upness um, for this. So we are enjoying ourselves, um, and uh, so so some of that may bleed through in this conversation. So as we are in close fellowship with one another um so yeah um so on the docket for uh this conversation we are going to talk about reimagining god and what that means uh for us so trey kick us off for this conversation yeah let's let's have this conversation i'm super excited for this conversation because it is the fruit of me watching a show called bel-air <laughs> you may have heard of it uh, this is a recent reboot of uh the old uh 90s sitcom the fresh prince of bel-air starring one uh rapper by the name of fresh prince or commonly known nowadays as willard christopher smith my will smith and um yeah, the, <laughs> the whole government, the, the, the government. Yeah, but watching the show, which first and foremost, I, I, I'm, I'll be clear. And when they first announced they were like rebooting the show, I was thinking to myself, who asked for this? Right? I don't know. I don't know anybody who asked for this. <laughs> um, I don't want this. There's no need for this. Um, and I was not excited about it. And then the show eventually came, and I started hearing things about the show, and I was like, let me check the show out. And I was very pleased. Like it was a very good show because they didn't just like try to redo the sitcom. They took the story on the story arc and the themes of the sitcom. First of all, they made them more contemporary to today's day. And then they also like gave it a different like purpose and, and, and feel and vibe while still remaining like true in a sense to the original sitcom. I was like, wow, they really imagined the story of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Like they they did uh, an amazing job of, of taking that in a way that would, um, re- it would make you remember what happened while not make you feel beholden to what happened. It's been a new thing. And because my mind is wired to theologize everything, I was like, oh snap, that is what we do in religion all the time. Like we are in a constant place of reimagining God and we do that not only in religion, but we see that happening within the Bible itself. 
So we're actually being the most, I don't even like this word as a descriptor, we're actually being the most biblical when we engage in the act of reimagining God, right? And I was like, yo, I would love to have a conversation about this without saying too much. But like, I do wanna, somebody might be curious as to what I mean when I say like reimagining God. The God described in the Bible in one place that was looked like the God described in another place, right? That's why at one point we see God who goes out and destroys our enemies for us. And in another place, we see God as one who condescends to us and then sacrifices God's self um, for our own benefit. And those are two very vivid images of God that don't always line up with each other because people need to make sense of God and of creation and what their needs and desires and best hopes for their safety and salvation are in the time. And I'm not being heretical or actually I'm saying, I'm, I'm talking about what the Bible actually shows us about people. And I just thought it would be a dope conversation for us to have about what reimagining or what, what imagination looks like for us in our context and in our days. You feel me? Yeah, I think, uh... So it's interesting that you ground this in part of this conversation in the show Bel Air. I too was not really asking for, checking for that show. <laughs> in fact, I was adamantly opposed to <laughs> that show because yo, everything doesn't need a reboot. <laughs> um, every <laughs> yo um, yo can we get some new stuff uh and uh the more and more i heard about the show made me unexcited for it <laughs> it's going to be a dramatic retelling of a comedy party people <laughs> no thanks <laughs> That don't even sound good. <laughs> it's gonna be dramatic. the The world is dramatic. Uh, I got a little too much drama. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Um, and and um, but but what is uh, intriguing about the notion of reimagining God, and even what that would do within some people's uh, hearts as they hear that phrase, reimagining God. And, and for some, there might be some clenched, uh, <laughs> the clenching of the insides is, we don't want to reimagine God. Do we have permission to reimagine God? And, uh, and who gets to reimagine? Who gets to retell the stories of the holy God. And what I would say is um, people tell stories of the divine all the time. That's how we have the manuscripts that are before us. That's how we have the books that tell of the one that we love. That's how we have the, the, the tales of our savior, right? So someone told the tales to us at some point. Someone imagined and reimagined at some point. <laughs> um, and so when thinking about reimagining, I look at it less in the binaries of heretical or, or, or orthodox. And I think of, um, I think it's beautiful to then think about what is it like to tell a tale two different ways. Mm -hmm. So 
in the original series, we had these characters in a funny, goofy light telling some serious topics, but they were mostly goofy, mostly kidding, mostly ha-ha-ha. <laughs> um, but what I love about Bel Air is some of those same stories told in a very, very chilling way. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, ouch. Carlton the character taken out of the silly, you realize he's insufferable, but not just insufferable. um, You realize that character is, has a lot more dimensions and nuance than when you take the ha 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 (laughs) jester out of it. (laughs) Um, um, You realize Will Smith in a different light. And so I think reimagining, is a perfect way to say it, Trey. And and so when I think about reimagining God, when you look at God uh, from, when you free God from those conceptions that we put put on God and God's self, and you look at God from a different angle, um, and you say, who told the stories and why? Yeah. And, and you go to the, you know, you know, we have come to the mountain that, that we have not come to the mountain, which is burned uh, with fire. And you come to the other side of the mountain and you say, who told that story and why? And you ask yourself, you're giving yourself permission to reimagine. Yeah. Yeah. And that does not diminish your faith. It actually expands yes. your faith. Yes. And it expands your faith to say who told this story and why. Um, And we're not scared of that party people. (laughs) We be thinking in our faith. So um, so I'm excited for this conversation. Um, I think too in in reimagining God, like like, Rob, I love how you put, I mean, both of y'all, I love how you put that, um, especially Rob, when you said that it doesn't weaken your faith, it strengthens your faith. But also I think it makes God bigger. Um, I think it, I think in doing that, it can prove God to be more righteous, um, more just, um, more merciful, um, more of who he is, right? Um, So much of what we've learned about God has been sifted and sorted and manipulated by so many different people. Yeah. Um, from white supremacy to um, other leaders that may try to take the concept of who God is and use him to manipulate the behaviors and um, the lives and paths of other people, um, right? And which goes to like, who's telling the story? Um, And just touching on what you said, Trey, too, about like, um, it it can sound heretical, right, to reimagine God, but I don't necessarily think that that changes who God is. I think that more so can align us with who He is more than changing Him. It more so realigns um, where we are and how I think we functionally should live out our faith, like reimagining God according to who's telling the story, mm. right. Yeah, I think even more like I don't think reimagining God is a matter of changing who God is. I think it's a matter of fulfilling mm. <laughs> who 
God is to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Rob, we were having a conversation the other day about road trips and you, you were talking about how you like to listen to, to audiobooks, um, but it gotta be fiction audiobooks, like you like those. And I was like, oh, I have a hard time with audiobooks because what happens for me is that when I'm reading a book myself, I get to decide who sounds like what, right? Like I get to decide the pace and everything. And I feel like I, as if I'm wrong of imagination when people are reading to me, right? Like that, that was a roadblock I was encountering. And I bring that up because in that same vein, when we let other people imagine God for us, like when we take, when you look at the word reimagining, imagining, I'm not saying imagination, like, oh, let's make it up how we want to. Right. I'm talking about literally constructing an image, uh, imagining, putting putting that together, mm-hmm. what that looks like. When, when you allow somebody else to do that for you, mm-hmm. you've robbed yourself of the opportunity to bring your humanity into that process of constructing what God looks like. And what we end up is con- uh, following the construction of a God that was created to serve somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that my image and my imagining of God is gonna be the perfect one. It will be more authentic to who I am as opposed to being more authentic to who somebody else is. Now. Somebody's listening to that and and because either either because you're 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 a deep philosophical mind or because you're a hurt. Um you, you hear that and you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, you're describing relativism. Well, we're grown-ups, yes, everything is, is relative to an extent, right? right. Like that, that's how that works because we're humans and we're not machines. Like with everything we all come to the table with a certain lens. Which is why context is a thing. Exactly. That, that's why that happens. But the problem that we have here is that, and it's not a problem unique to our day and age, is that when one person or one people is allowed to do all of the imagining and their imagine, their, their image, that their imagining becomes the standard by which all truth is known, um, then everybody else has to adjust their lives accordingly. And it's not only like a problem of our day, like I said, alluded to earlier, that's true to the biblical narrative. You see that happening even in the Hebrew Bible itself, where a story of of a king like Manasseh is told one way in in, um, Kings Chronicles, but told, uh, I'm sorry, in Samuel Kings, but told a different way in Chronicles, like, wait a second, this does not align with the promise of God for us in this day and age, or like with who we are as a people, this is not a lot. We have to rethink how we're looking at this, right? And then we see that happening in a grander scale when it comes to how the New Testament authors handle uh, the story of Israel and graph that into the person of Jesus, where they say like, wait a second, what if what God looks like is actually that? Like what if, what if Jesus is what God looks like? So um, I keep on bringing it back to that because if, if you're somebody who's fearful of, of oh man, reimagining God, I don't wanna do that. Like, no, that's why we have this book is, is, is this, this people consistently wrestling with what God looks like because that's such an important question. What and who you believe God looks like will determine what you believe to be right and true. It's why some people can come up with a biblical justification for misogyny for racism or enslavement, a uh, biblical justification for the, the vilest sorts of homophobia, not that there's an unvile sort of it, but but because, okay, if God is for this and I can be for this as well, and the image of God that you've constructed, how you imagine God is gonna determine a lot about your moral compass and how you show up in the world today. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking as I listen to you like, who we imagine God to be 
who we imagine the people who we imagine the people of God to be, what we think of. Um, oh, I just got emotional. I, I, it matters. It matters what you know. I was doing this interview recently with someone um, about disability in the church, and we were talking about what we imagine heaven to be and how we often um, have no space for disability and how what we believe about the resurrection and how we often don't think about, um, don't have a theology of disability that gives space for the disabled, both post-resurrection and in church spaces now. Um, and often because of that, we push out the disabled and, um, and those who are chronically ill now in our lack of imagination um, leads us to marginalize people. And I'm going somewhere with this. What we, our ability to imagine the first time and reimagine leads us to cruelty, all manner of cruelty. And it matters. And so to your point, Trey, like the stories that we tell, what we're able to think up in our mind about God and what God, who God is and what God says and who is telling the story um, really matters because it leads us to do all sorts of dastardly things, either purposefully or, or, or accidentally. And I, I'm thinking of to the point where I think of the Hellenistic Jews um, and the Hellenistic widows who were left un, un, uh, unattended to. Um, I think of the, all the ways that we um, leave people out in the cold when we don't have imaginations that are sanctified mm -hmm. pertaining to God and what God looks like and related to the gospel and what the gospel speaks to, to your point, when we don't have a gospel that is holistic, when we have a gospel that is, our gospel only saves uh, unto heaven. Mm -hmm. um, the gospel is not worried about um, the poor and the marginalized. Um, and you're like, is that what your imagination is about, brother? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that's why we have, we say things like the woke, and we say things in, in, uh, <laughs> we have, we say it in a way that in a pejorative sense and we, and we're trying to say the social gospel. Um, and that lets me know everything I need to know about your view of God. And so, so Trey bringing this to the table about reimagining God, um, it's calling the soul to awake to say, how are you viewing that God before you? So I, I'm, I'm liking this. Yeah, I find it interesting too that this sort of um, remake of uh, Fresh Prince uh, kind of sparked that. Um, just because like, if you haven't seen the show, like I'm not fixing to give no spoilers really, but just looking like Rob mentioned earlier, like just looking at the character we were talking like last night we were riding the car and we were talking. I was like, yo, I realize I don't really like Will Smith's character. 
um and like just like the character not the guy that's acting as him like but just as a person who the character is he's really arrogant and i like i that i mean it took about a half episode for me to actually like grow past that and realize like yo it's just really good acting <laughs> um but like just it's and it's just crazy and, and the same thing with carlton like you i you stripped the comedy away from him and he is a whole he's literally the worst person uh-huh. that i've like on earth like he's a horrible person and it just how you can reimagine take uh just reimagining a character changing um whether it be expanding or making more narrow like your view right of um (laughs) of how a motorcycle riding by or (laughs) of how um of who god is right like uh that revelation um and it's not even really a new concept right like real the reimagining of God has happened for years. Um, our ancestors have had to reimagine God as they've come here and were introduced to a God that was pro-slavery, right? Like some of them reimagined God and said, look, look, um, wait, who was it? Frederick Douglass's, no, Howard Thurman's grandma that was yeah. like, yo, I don't want, don't read no nothing from me on Paul, right? Like I don't, I like, she's sort of like, I'm in, an, in a, you know, in a, in a way had to reimagine God to be like, yo, if God, if this God is real, these passages about slavery, God cannot be pro that, right? So she, in her mind, reimagined God to say, nah, God is, God doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Um, So not to say like, yeah. You're good. (laughs) We got you. Okay. Yeah, I think to your point, you said like reimagine the guys going on for years. I think I think that's the point. Yeah. That's why and, and yeah. why I keep on hopping back into the Bible because reimagining God is almost the name of the game. Yeah. Like that, that's 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 a requirement for this thing. And I'm I'm please don't hear me trying to over universalize this thing, but especially in the context of, of religion in, in this particular religion, like you, you can reimagine God or you can die. Like that's that's how this thing goes and and i mean that in a very literal sense because like in the hebrew bible the reason that they re-examine these things like okay is this really the case because if if god is really like this and that means that that does not god not care about us anymore god can't be like this i, I need to re-examine this right. like maybe, maybe we've been wrong about this and then especially when it when it came to, to centuries of, of not having the promises of autonomy and and favor fulfilled it's like wait wait so what what does this look like what does this mean for god and then God condescends like no God God has to love us more than this otherwise it is literally a life or death matter for for people in personhood uh, reimagining God and I say that because in the context of Howard Thurman's grandma like no if what you were saying about God is true then that's not a God I want to deal with like we, we can get rid of that God. Even James Baldwin says that uh, if, if, if God can't make us bigger, more loving, all that stuff, then we need to do away with God. Right. If he can't do all that thing, uh, all of that for us, then we need to do a better job because, okay, even God itself, the, the, the notion of God, uh, God is not really so much a name as a title. It's what we're giving to what we believe the supreme thing is, whatever that energy is, whatever that being, that force is, is what we've labeled as God and not just we around this table. Like that's what is being described in the sacred text. And the, the idea of having to define what is that like? What is God like? What, what, what is this creator like? What is the Lord of the heavens and the earth like? 
what is our salvation like? What having to 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 put contours on that image and that construct and that thought is a matter of defining who and what the people shall be like, the people who follow that guy. And so it's important to do that. And, and, and it's funny because all this stuff is literally good. Like, as I'm sitting there wrestling with the show, but like, I'm like, wow. Because at the end of the day, it's the same story they're telling. Mm-hmm. It's not new, but all of a sudden, like like you said, if, you, if I take the humor out of this, that was so central to the original, what do you see? I'm noticing new things about these characters. So if I take, okay, the element, if I take the the, the patriarchal system that was the default of that culture away oh, from no. God, what does that look like? Oh, no. if, if, if I take the foundational block of, of slavery that was acceptable in that culture away from God, what does that look like? Oh, no. If all of these things that we have now as a society, even apart from religion, have determined do not serve us well, if we take that away, what does that God look like? Mm-hmm. And that's why this whole like conversation seems unnatural to people because like, okay, is that a slippery slope? We've been on this slope for centuries, for eons. And we have to think about that because we've made God about the things that we've constructed as opposed to a God who loves us even around and despite the things that we've constructed. Am I making any sense at all? Yeah. Yeah, plenty of sense. And I was going to say, if that's a slippery slope, some people need to be pushed off that because like, I mean, it just the state of bro we just we just come out of a time not too long ago where people were really riding hard to save a confederate christian never mind um Rob, you got something? i <laughs> watch me watch me i uh, <laughs> i um no i i i i i listen I, I I I I'm really sitting with um, I'm sitting the notion with uh, you know I think I think in our day and in our time you know we are sitting with the with the notion of God and what people feel comfortable with about about God right and and some people are coming to terms with lies that they have believed about God. And some people are just now feeling comfortable with pushing back on uncomfortable truths um, that are just coming up for the first time, right? And I wanna name that in the space. And some were were taught a set of things that, uh, hey, (laughs) are not it. (laughs) <laughs> and right. And, and so when we talk about reimagining, some people are just feeling that freedom for the first time. Uh, and so as we're talking into that space, well, hey, party people. And and so and so maybe that resonates really well with you. And some people are afraid to step into that space because you're feeling this tension of leaving the God of your youth, mm-hmm. right? And that God whom you've believed in, it, and it indeed is scary, right? And so you might be in between, you know, the old Fresh Prince and then and this new one, right? Um, you know, so to speak, right? Um, and you're afraid to embrace the new one because the new one is scary. Um, and it is, it, it is indeed scary to be in between the old, comfortable and the new one because you don't know what you don't know right um 
and to set sail for what you have not experienced, right? And so, I, so I, I'm aware of that. And the the thing that I will offer in this this space uh, of reimagining is I'm thinking about John opening his uh, epistle, saying that uh, his words are that which he has seen, that which he has experienced, you know, what he himself has encountered with that word. And in reimagining, I'm not merely going off the testimony of others. I am trying to go after something that I personally have seen and handled that which I have encountered. And that is part of the reimagining process. I am going after this conception of God that I am personally encountering, right? And um, so that that's part of the process of reimagining is, is personal encounter. And, and I, I don't want to leave that behind in my reimagining, right? And so part of what I want to ground us in is in the reimagining process, it uh, it requires um, it requires personal encounter. It requires study. It requires rigor um, and the pursuit with all of our heart, just as much. And I, I think some of that is lost and talks. Um, some of this conversation can be labeled under uh, some people would label it under deconstruction. And I would pause before you would put it there. Um, because often that degenerates into a conversation, I'm going to say it strongly, that can get lost in conversations with white uh, cousins. Um, <laughs> and let me pause you party people. Um, that I would, I would hate for that to get lost in conversations with white siblings, because often uh, we're having to reimagine because of lies that are taught us um, and the elephant in the room is white supremacy. Um, that are that's why we have to reimagine. <laughs> um, so I just want to say that. Uh, yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, and and to add to what Rob was saying, um, we were talking last night, man, and um, and yeah, it was last night. And Rob was saying something. He was saying like, if you um look at your community and you know who's the most marginalized person in your community, right? Uh, and, and so to include that into what you were saying, if you cannot reimagine, if where you align yourself or where you find yourself in believing who God is, doesn't include how you can love them best, then you need to reimagine God, right? And that goes for white supremacy, that goes for um, those who uh, of our brothers and sisters that may be disabled in any type of way, that goes for whatever, right? Like if the if the most marginalized person in your community, and you know what, even without, like it, if they cannot be included, right? And I don't mean like inside your Christian community because we know how Christians like to click up. I mean, in your community. Um, that can be geographical location. That could be in just biological family members and people you know. If they, if if your vision of God does not in, does not call and res, um, does not demand a response of love towards them, right? It does not lead you to love them better, like uh, <laughs> what uh, James Baldwin would say, right? Uh, 
if it doesn't lead for that, man, you got to reimagine God. Right. And, and I mean, just like not even just for the sake of like three black men that have a podcast and like speaking out against white supremacy, man, just for your for the betterment of your own personal community. Right. For the betterment of loving your neighbor, because God tells us to love our neighbor. Um, so, yeah, just to add to that, man, it, like you you have like in many ways, I found myself reimagining God just in our friendship to love them better because maybe what yeah I just had for whatever reason I've had to reimagine God in certain ways to 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 understand that me giving certain things or give or um whatever is just an act of love like learning how to love them better um God calls that right Mm -hmm. like I feel like God demands that of us and so me seeking that out had had to meet had I had to reimagine God in some ways just because of some of the fundamentalist things or whatever. Uh, and Rob, I mean, like, and y'all know we've we've had discussions all three of us probably where we've like uh, had our disagreements theologically and had, had had to hash things out. We've really had to reimagine God in certain so many ways. Rob, you challenged me with like the womanist theology and in, in those ways, right? Um, and like my blackness right like reimagining god to fit the whole of me but also the whole of my neighbor you know yeah i think i'm I'm sitting with how's how's dope sir um rob something you you said a minute ago really uh set in the motion this thought process ahead we was like uh something to the effect of of bringing our own like experiences to table and in in terms of reimagining god and everything and it made me think about where we get our theology, right? And there's three, maybe four, depending on who you have. You asked the Wesleyans, they said four um, sources of where you get your theology. Uh, most Wesleyans, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they would say uh, there's scripture, tradition, experience, and reason. Um, some other people combine the experience and reason part together and they, and they say three, like you get scripture, tradition, experience. This is where theology comes from. Um, I think about the fact that a lot of us will really elevate scripture as the sole source of our theology, which is mm. is is an important aspect of it. It's that's uh, the lane to which we we travel through. It's the common source material for where we have these conversations, particularly in Christian spaces or, or religions that have a canon. It's it's where like we ground ourselves in scripture. Um, then there's also tradition, which is just as important in Christian spaces because for the prince and press, um, tradition is what all we had, right? Like that's is just what it was. We were handed down tradition. As a matter of fact, for the first three hundred years of Christianity, there was no closed canon at all. So tradition was how it was handled down, and you see that playing out in denominations and and, and major church organizations. Like where we get God is either from the tradition that's been handed down to us, or the tradition, um, or the scriptures, right, or some combination thereof. And a lot of what we downplay is that third leg that our personal experiences because then we feel like it's going to get dicey mm. um things get dangerous when we bring too much of our experience to the table but when we look at that when we look at the scripture especially scripture but the, the traditions that have been handed down to us 
those are all based on people's personal experiences. Even if you look at the, what, what would Hagar's life have been like if she had let other people's experiences and other people's traditions define what God was for her? Mm -hmm. Through her own lived experience, she says, oh, now I get it. You are the guy who sees me. You don't just see my, my mistress and, and her husband and all the things that you see me, you see my plight, you are moving for me. And then when Joshua goes into battle, he says, oh, now I understand God, you are my banner. You are that which I, I, I fight under. And, and you, you, you announce my presence. You make a way for me. And somebody says, oh God, now I understand you are the God who provides. You are the God who heals. You are the God who saves based on their experience. And, and we know what we know about God because people have shared their experience, but somehow, some way, many of us fall into this trap where all of a sudden that's all God is. And there's something a little dehumanizing about that. What makes their experience with God so much more valuable than mine? Mm. I'm gonna tell you what it is, the fact that you won't listen to me when I tell you what God has done for me. That's all that separates it. There's nothing that claims that any of these people were, were, were more special or holding me or God interacted with them in ways that God has not shown up for me. That, that, that's, that's a human idea. Yeah. Every, every interaction that I have with God is just as valid as those. It's just not been canonized. Mm. So if I have the unmitigated audacity to, to act as though my interaction with God, with the creator, with the Lord of heaven and earth has any validity, if I, if I do that and say, wait a second, based upon my experience, based upon what God has done for me, this is who God is, this is how God is, then uh, that's valid. Mm -hmm. It's valid. And I, and I think there's, there, there's a balancing act that can be had for people who are afraid of, of venturing out too far. You can bring that into conversation you can bring that into conversation with scripture you can do that because um i've heard somebody use the illustration of a tricycle i want to say um it might have been jared bias or, or, or pete Ange from um from uh the bible for normal people podcast i'm not sure i'm sorry if i'm misattributing that but they called it a tricycle right like three wheels being uh experienced scripture and tradition and scripture and tradition being the back wheels the sturdier wheels but experience is kind of what guides that right. tricycle right <laughs> and a lot of us are sitting in stationary places because we've removed a wheel of that tricycle we're afraid of bringing our experiences to the forefront of helping define who god is for us and now we have to rely it's almost as if um i I hope this is not insensitive or ableist when I, when I say this. Please, please feel free to correct me if I am. But I imagine uh, a vision impaired person going into a, a visual art museum, right? And it happens. Um, but the way they experience God is often through the descriptions of other people. They can't see what's there in the same way that most people can. And sometimes we impose that same experience on ourselves. By, by, by taking away our vision. Like, no, I, I have experienced this. And that's just as important as everything else um, to, to, to me and how I'm seeing God. Yeah. yeah. Am, I, am I making? No, I think you absolutely are. And I, and I think for me, what's important in, what's important in reaching for the divine and reimagining the divine is 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 elevating experience in a way that connects us to our humanity and in knowing that our humanity is valuable and that that experiential piece is valuable mm -hmm. right like i think often in 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 a lot of christian spaces that that experiential piece 
is seen as evil mm-hmm. right and it, it, you know it's like it doesn't matter about experience you know it's almost it, it, that experiential peace is demonized mm-hmm. right <laughs> um, and um i'm after um a faith practice that knows that full embodied um practices our way uh is a way of connecting with the divine right and part of this reimagining piece and i and again loving the way that we entered into this conversation was through uh, a work of art right and connecting that with um it was a doorway to experiencing God, right? <laughs> right. And so even in that, knowing that we can find God here, we can find ways to touch and understand who God is through, you know, through, through, right, experiencing who God is. And look how we can think about reimagining God and seeing a new facet of who God is through this work, right? And so we know that we can experience how God speaks and who God is anywhere, anywhere, everywhere, <laughs> over there, you know? Um, and so, and, and I think if we knew that, um, a lot more people would feel free to run after God instead of running from God, right? So. I think also too, like when we remove our experience, um, and allowing us to reimagine right that like not only do we not we miss out on connections with the divine but also we miss out on a chance to connect with our community um we miss out on a chance to um to be a brother uh, we miss out on a chance to show mercy we miss out on a chance to um to be that bridge right to to the divine for someone else um we miss a chance to love um, our brother, right, our, in, in our community, we, and, 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 I, and that's a disservice, right, um, and I think there are so, there are a lot of traditions, right, that would frown upon, like, I came, for, I've come from several traditions that, that would frown upon, like, um, I don't want to say prioritizing your experience, but at least adding, putting your experience in the mix to be like, yo, like, how do, how are you, you know, navigating through this, um, and so that was a struggle for me. And, and I realized now that I now that I don't run from my experience, I realized that I was missing out on so many connections, not only with God, but with people. Because um, people were connecting me with God. God was connecting me with people. And I missed out on valuable, what, what could have been valuable relations. I mean, granted, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I, I am where I am right now. Um, but I think also another thing is that we forget, like we forget that I used to be I used to be that um, young black brother that was gung ho uh, in um, white evangelical Christian entity and spewing, you know, mm-hmm. anti-black ideologies, right? I forget that. And so when I encounter someone that was like me, I, like if I don't, if I forget my experiences and allowing that to reimagine who God is and who he's revealed himself to be to me, how can I... Um, how can I expect to have a conversation with them, right? Like, how can I expect to, like, and sometimes I get it, you just don't want to, right? But that's not always the case, right? Like, you know, they're the parable of the seed sower, right? Like, how can I drop a seed if I can't even come down off of my high horse 
to connect and be like, yo, I get where you at because I've been there, but let me explain something. You know what I'm saying? Like just having those meaningful conversations with people. I also think it combats pride. Mm. This I'm thinking of this reimagining piece, combats pride because y'all, I think part of Jesus telling parables so much was part of that is, watch me. I, th- I think like God, y'all think y'all got God figured out Mm. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven it's like a mustard seed he'd be like psych, <laughs> psych. <laughs> y'all think y'all got it all figured out it's just like this yeah. <laughs> oh, wait what you mean jesus <laughs> what you mean this is a new mixtape i haven't heard this before <laughs> you just dropped a new one um when this come out <laughs> was it wait what you talking about jesus um you know they was tripped up they like wait this had this that new new um this is this is this is reimagining you know jesus is literally showing this is a new new like um who jesus <laughs> you know <laughs> jesus tell the story who are you talking about um who how are we feeding them how who 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 whomst <laughs> you know <laughs> um you kind of tripping us up <clears throat> and jesus is constantly telling stories of power dynamics mm-hmm. heavenly dynamics who's a powerful who's the rich hey let me tell you a little story <laughs> you know let me tell you about a parable of a little lost son lost coin lost now you know this is a story <laughs> all about <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah you know and so he's like let me tell you look hey jesus this is just making us feel a little way i feel like who are you talking about and and so in in it constantly keeping us in check and it's like you think you know what you're about to find out and 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 so in that way it's keeping us all honest right now that there are more levels to be discovered as we're all journeying right yes yeah i like that there's more levels to be discovered when when we talk about reimagining god what we're really talking about is is an invitation um, to break free of the cocoons of certainty that we've Mm -hmm. constructed and and dip our toes into the mystery of god Mm -hmm. there's so much that we don't know and that's frightening for some people but but can i suggest that maybe maybe there's something a little a little freeing in the mystery Mm -hmm. maybe maybe there's something a little liberating the idea that maybe a couple of these details we got we, we, we didn't get that clear maybe we just don't know some of these things maybe maybe some of this is just our best guess what we had to go off of, of that time but who has God been to you and, and and what questions remain what questions are you comfortable sitting with mm. without clear answers uh, what what are some of the features in that image of God are a little bit blurry or can 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 you trust God even when you can't trace God mm. can can you do that Oh, and, and, and I say that because earlier we, we made allusions to like, that's a scary place for your faith to be. But I would argue that that's actually the place where your faith flourishes, where, 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 where you can no longer rely upon the certainty that was handed to you by someone else. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust uh, that, that, that maybe uh, when you refuse to be gaslit, like, wait a second, I'm pretty sure that I've experienced God in this way. Mm-hmm. And though that may differ, that may differ from, from your experience in a little bit, it's just as valid, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I have the faith to believe 
that the God of, of the universe, that the creator, that the one who the Bible says is love. I, I have the faith to believe that that God has showed up for me. Oh, that's a pretty dope place for my faith to be personally. I talked about a new segment we're gonna talk about uh what's on the front burner some some things um that that uh we are excited about personally as as individuals and bringing that and sharing that with y'all beloved what's happening it's trey here this week on the front burner we got patreon not just our patreon you should be there too patreon.com slash three black men all the way spelled out get familiar but i'm talking about patreon in general now if you're unfamiliar patreon is a platform that allows i guess content creators is the term we're using now but people who are creating whether they're podcasters or writers essayists essayists are writers but regardless they out there creating stuff Maybe it's just educational content or little YouTube videos or big on TikTok. Patreon has allowed people to provide content on a subscription-based model. I think that's a really dope way for you to show support for people who've blessed you in any way because the truth is a lot of people out here are doing this for free. They're doing this for the love of the game, for the love of humanity, for the love of the neighbor. And sometimes it costs a lot, a lot of energy, a lot of emotional capital and people are digging in and creating all of this stuff i say all of that to say if there is somebody who has consistently blessed you whether that's us and or somebody else see if they have a patreon community available and not just for the sake of blessing them but there's also some really dope stuff going on in these communities i know there's bonus content in a lot of situations there's also meetups where you can hop on a zoom call and actually converse with some of these other people and I think that to me is one of the more fascinating aspects, because especially over this pandemic, where the idea of meeting and gathering in person was transformed for us in a major way, we had to reevaluate how essential that was the opportunity to connect with people in other formats and connect with people that typically you would have never crossed paths with has really transformed my life. As a matter of fact, it was over this pandemic that me, Rob, and Sam linked up. All of that to say, maybe joining a Patreon community, whether ours or anybody else's, but please ours as well, might bless you in ways that you ain't anticipate. So Patreon on the front burner this week. Let's go. Patreon, which Patreon. I want to encourage each and every one of y'all to, to visit at uh, patreon.com slash three black men. Uh, think through it, pray through it, ask God uh, <laughs> if, if he would have you partake in his work that we're doing because on top of some bonus content here, we have uh, some blog pieces going up. There's going to be some devotional content coming out and I want to encourage you guys um, to visit that Patreon, patreon.com slash three black men. Go watch and, um, my kids ruin my videos. Go ahead. Watch, watch them. <laughs> them. Them babies ain't ruin nothing, man. As a matter of fact, there's, there's more people going to sign up to, to see them babies. How about that, bro? <laughs>